2: Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, and the uh, sound quality is a whole lot better because Mark, the auto mechanic, made a mistake last hour. He actually was taking the sound from the radio show and taking it to a Mac computer to tape it. But he turned around and hit the button wrong, and he was feeding the sound from the Mac back to the board that was going back to the station, so there was a delay of 472 milliseconds of time, which gave us an echo, which Gil was trying to fix, but... The mechanic didn't
1: know. <laughs> well, we were messing it up.
2: Yeah, that I was messing it up. But anyway, so the air, the sound quality should be perfect and fixed. 602 You're welcome to give us a call. The lines are wide open. 602 David, good morning to you. How can I help you?
3: Yes, sir. Good morning. I bought a, recently bought a uh, used 2007 Tacoma pre-runner. It has 208,000 miles on it. And I was wondering, what, what, what kind of miles more
2: models can I expect out of it? I want to tell you, and, and I'm telling you this from my heart, 99% of the motors we replace, and we do a lot of replacement motors, 99% of them are overheated or run low on oil. And 1% of all the motors we replace are just simply worn out. So I can answer your question this way. The beginning of the end will be that this thing starts consuming oil. And you might mm-hmm. have to add a half a quart every time you fill it up. Then what's going to happen is you're going to the coil consumption's going to grow and you're going to foul a spark plug. Then you're going to replace the spark plug or swap it with the cylinder next to it and just have the engine clean up that bad spark plug in a good cylinder sooner or later the blue smoke will be so bad that your wife or your girlfriend or both of them will not want to ride with you and that's where you've got to replace the engine i've got engines in my fleet that i'm responsible for for my customers that are in 400 toyota's in 400,000 miles with no problem at all
1: how do you know how well it's been maintained do you have service records from the previous owner yeah i got them
3: and from what i can tell it was uh, oil regular oil changes, and the, all the belts were replaced before I bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, drive drive shafts were replaced, rejoints. joints. Okay. Uh, the body's in good shape. I mean, as far as I can tell, it's been maintained really well.
1: Okay, no oil leaks or any issues like that that you're having. And, and
3: no, the engine looks brand new, clean. Okay. okay. Well.
2: it it's I wouldn't be afraid of that. Yeah. Um I wouldn't be afraid if you hopped in, if you wanted to take my grandkids with you and go to Disneyland in California, I wouldn't have any problem letting you take them based on the conversation we've just had. <laughs> well, well. What do you mean? What are you laughing at?
1: If we knew you, maybe. <laughs> oh, right? Oh, I'm, I'm
2: volunteering her kids. <laughs>
1: I'm just teasing. I know what you mean. Let's assume
2: (laughs) that David was our next-door neighbor, okay? I'm trying to drive home the point that I know. I'm just teasing. Okay. All right. No, you're not going to take my (laughs) granddaughters with you. (laughs) Neither is our neighbors, for that matter. But anyway, David, that's the answer is don't overheat it. David, overheat means people are driving down the road. They see the needle going from half to five-eighths to three-quarter to seven-eighths, and it goes into the red zone. Then they say, oh, I only have to go another three blocks home. That's the end of the motor. When you get it into the red zone and you continue to drive it, even if it's a block or a half a mile, you are going to do You're going to do damage to the motor that no one's going to be able to repair, short of disassembling it or replacing it. So that's the answer: is just don't overheat it and run it low on oil. All
3: right. I'm sorry. Anything between, so anything before the red and the half is fine.
2: Oh absolutely. Yeah. That motor's designed to run at five eighths to three quarters depending on what you're doing. If you're going up the hill to Flagstaff in August, you can expect the needle to get to three quarter. So okay. you look at your owner's manual, your owner's manual says between half and three quarters is absolutely normal. And-
1: they yeah, we see people come in all, all the, time. the time that say it's running at three-quarters on the gauge, and that's still within the normal range. But they say, well, it was two ticks back, you know, yeah. two years <laughs> ago or five years ago, and now it's at three-fourths. It's still in the normal range. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum of people who drive miles in the red just to get home to save well, a tow bill. Yeah,
2: <laughs> D- David, I want you to think of the, the gauge looking at... I is a goal post, okay? So you got the left goal post and the right goal post. From the right goal post, we come backwards towards the middle, a little bit of red. So we have a middle, and then we have the left goal post and the right goal post. Every single car made in the last 20 years in the owner's manual says that that car should run between half and three-quarter. And like Andy just said, we've got people coming in that say, oh, I reached half the other day. It's overheating. And you've got to pull the manual, you gotta, you've talked to them nicely, and you say to them, this is normal. Now, we had a guy the other day that come in that had no thermostat, and he said, oh, it got hot the other day. It finally reached half. Well, we checked it. It's got no thermostat. That's the worst thing you can do with a computerized car is not let it get to operating temperature. So operating temperature is 220, and on every car out there, that's between half and three-quarters. So you'll be fine. Thank, Thank you, David. Very much. Thank you very much. Yes, sir.
1: That being said, we would much rather have the customers that come in and say, it's running at three quarters or half or that than I just drove it. Two miles in the red. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. That's That happens so. all the time. The tow bill is cheap compared to the engine. Yes, So absolutely. That's the, the message here is is when it gets close to, I tell people when it gets within one or two needle widths of the red and it doesn't look like it's coming down, yeah. that's the time to pull over and call tow, yeah. a tow truck.
1: I think that's that's a huge thing, obviously, with the summer coming.
2: All righty. Action Auto Repair is located at I-17 in Deer Valley. We know Tom very well. Mm-hmm. He does a great job. He's a full-service family owner operation. He opened up that shop in 1983 and Tom and I have been friends, personal friends, since the late 70s and early 80s. Whatever your car repair needs, Tom and his staff are well known for quality workmanship. They have great customer service. They turn your car around very quickly and their technicians are ASE master and that means they're certified in all eight categories of cars. So if you live anywhere near Deer Valley and I-17 and you don't have a car repair shop or you want to measure the one you've got with another, then take your car over to Action Auto Repair, northwest corner, I-17 and Deer Valley. Have them do an oil change and just see how they fit with you. Cornell. Cornell, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning? Cornell? Bob? At Cornell, if you want, you can call back. We'll take you. But let's go to Bob. Bob, good morning. How can we help you?
4: Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I keep getting different information from different mechanics and my dealership about the type of oil and the grade.
2: Okay. Uh,
4: originally, the, when I bought, bought it, it, it recommended uh, from the dealership and from the manufacturer 530, just standard oil. Uh, I go to the. Uh, it's out of warranty now, so I'm actually the dealer isn't taking care of it anymore. Okay. And so I've taken it to um, a good mechanic that used to take care of a bunch of my trucks and things, and I, I really like them. Okay. And are they don't even have any regular oil anymore. They're using either a multi. Does that sound right to you? A multi. Some.
1: It's or, a. It's a semi synthetic.
2: Right. What do
1: you think that that's doing anything
4: uh, good or bad or evil or okay. wonderful or mildly? I can
2: fix this for you. I can fix this okay. for you. Piece of cake. What's going on here is is we had a conventional oil that was good for three to five thousand miles. That's all it was good for. It was the oil change interval. Everybody had to stick to three to five thousand. We then had Valvoline and Chevron and everybody in the world decided to go to a semi-synthetic because we had Mobile One out here in the left field line and Mobile was a 25,000 mile oil in 1979. Nobody ever wanted to use Mobile One because it was five dollars a quart back then when everything else was 89 cents a quart. So we've always had the spread of conventional and synthetic. The difference is what oil change interval do you want? A conventional is 3 to 5, and it better be 530, because if that's in the manual, that's what it calls for. If you want a semi-synthetic, then you can go between 5 and 7,500 miles on your oil change interval. If you want to go to a full-blown synthetic, then you can go from 7,500 to 10,000. So, let me ask you a question. How many miles a year do you drive in this car? Uh, Not
4: that many, actually, about uh, under 10,000.
2: Okay, so why don't you just do one synthetic oil change in April of every year so that you go through the hot part of Phoenix April, May, June, July, and August with fresh oil? You do one oil change a year and you do it in April. Why don't you do that? Here's your alternative in ten thousand that's three conventional oil changes. What's a synthetic oil change at our place fifty five bucks
1: the semi synthetic no
2: full synthetic
1: oh, um, they can be sixty. 60- Plus, depending on how many quarts. Let's yeah. go seventy. Yeah. Okay.
2: So seventy bucks for one oil change a year. Yeah. Or he's got three. Now, what's our conventional oil change?
1: Oh. Isn't that thirty or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean. Well, most... they end up.
4: They seem to me like they end up about thirty-five, forty dollars. Okay. A
2: oil.
1: Yeah. Our semi-synthetic
2: is forty. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. conventional, let's say thirty. So yeah. if you go to conventional, that's four oil, three oil changes a year. So that's three times thirty is ninety. If you go to a semi-synthetic, that's two oil changes a year, and we're at forty bucks, so that's eighty. Uh-huh. Or you can do one full synthetic, and that's less than eighty and less than seventy. Yeah. So what what do you want to do? Well, I'm
4: I'm hip to the last amount of time there. Uh, however, they do check over the vehicle and you know look for leaks and things. So yeah, periodically. Well, um, it, it, you're right. I don't, my only concern, basically, was is there going to be any damage done anything different by changing from a normal oil to the synthetic no
2: no no i'm going to tell you listen be- to me no 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 i don't i am an oil expert i have been trained by the best I have been in Lexington, Kentucky learning from Vaveline. That's an old wives' tale from 100 years ago. Your engine has no brain other than the computer that runs the fuel and the spark. Your engine wouldn't know if we all took a leak in your engine or whether we put synthetic in your engine. Your engine doesn't know if you use Vaveline, Havoline, Castro, Chevron, or, or, or anybody else. Your engine doesn't know. It all has to do with, it has to do with interval and the quality of the oil. If, If there is a downside to that 10,000-mile oil change, no one is going to check your tires, check your fluids, see anything wrong with the car. Some people don't like that. So they say, I'm going to go to the semi-synthetic, so that's two times a year. We've got people in Awatukee that we service. Mm -hmm. We've got them on a two-oil change. Now, they drive 6,000 miles a year, so I do two conventional oil changes, which gives them the peace of mind of us looking over their cars twice a year. Mm -hmm that's how it's supposed to work today but you stick with the 530 that's important but you can get 530 conventional semi synthetic and full synthetic okay the only
4: one want to ask actually extra question i know that years ago if if you put the wrong type of oils and things like that like in the rear end and stuff you could get leaks because of the in uh, the transmissions and stuff because of the different types of rubber now that was a, the only other concern, I wasn't so much worried about it lubricating the engine. Okay. As, as much as any type of leaks and things that starts attacking the,
2: uh, no, the rubber. No, you're wrong okay. about that. You're wrong about that. It wasn't the rubber that was changing, it was the elastomerics and the other chemicals in the oil. There are oils that soften the seal and cause it to expand slightly. And that will help with a very small and minor oil leak. Brake fluid does that. So if you brought your car into this gray-haired guy's garage and you had a small transmission fluid leak, I would probably put about a third of a pint of brake fluid in your transmission. And I would look you in the eye and say, we got a 50-50 chance of this rejuvenating the rear tail shaft seal. Listen to me, Bob. If the seal's cracked or cut or completely worn out, this magic lotion isn't going to fix that seal. But we won't know till we try it. So I'm going to put a third of a pint of brake fluid in your transmission. You go drive it, and time will tell. It has to do with the oil having something that will cause the seal to to become pliable and slightly swell. Some oils are better than others. But yes, we've changed the rubber compound, but the seal, how it performs, has everything to do with the oil and, and not with anything else. I got to take a break. The, the lines are wide open, Six zero two We'll be back right after this.
5: I'm sure you've heard about the water contaminants in the news lately. Many people are worried. Kinetico has the answer for all your concerns. Give them a call and they'll bring you a copy of your city water report and go over it with you. They'll test your water and leave you a written price quote and recommendation. Kinetico has the -the state-of-the-art patented K5 water station. It's the most advanced and only system on the market that removes 99.99% of biological contaminants. It's certified to remove more contaminants than any other system, including bacteria such as E. coli and Legionella viruses, lead, and arsenic. In fact, no other system on the market is certified to remove more contaminants. Doesn't your family deserve the best water? Get peace of mind by calling Connecticut Water today at 602-904-5800. Ask about their current specials too. 602-904-5800. That's 602-904-5800. Or visit KineticoAZ.com. Maricopa Water is the exclusive, authorized, independent Connecticut dealer for Phoenix and Tucson.
3: Hey, everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America.
0: A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: I started my adventure in the Air Force Reserve as a
5: payload system operator. A flight medic in the Air Force Reserve. I'm a pilot for the Air Force Thunderbirds demonstration
1: team. We do a lot in a little bit of time, and we have to do it very efficiently.
8: It's a very exciting career.
1: The Reserve
9: gave me the
0: opportunity to learn something totally different from what I did.
1: The training in the Air Force Reserve is second to
5: none. The most
0: exciting thing in the Air Force Reserve is to be able to travel.
5: It gave me the opportunity to go to college. That was definitely a bonus. And the Air Force Reserve gave me all those opportunities, and then even more. Start your adventure in the Air Force Reserve. Welcome
2: back, everybody. Um, the lines are wide open. If you want to call, you have a car question, then now's the time. 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, if you're listening to us on the internet, iHeartRadio or anything, then you can call 888 960 9696. 888 960 9696. And that's because we're on the Patriot KKNT 960. So, again, local 5080960 with a 602 prefix. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Airpark Auto Service. Nadine and Stacy opened up Airpark Auto Service in 1985, which was right around the time that Renee and Mark op- op- opened up our shop. They're located on Raintree just east of Hayden, which is just south of Bell. They're family owned and operated. Stacy passed away a couple years ago, and Nadine is still there and she knows a lot about cars. She's been on our best car repair shops list in Phoenix for many, many years. And those of you that would prefer to deal with an auto repair shop that is solely run and operated by a woman, by a lady, then Airpark Auto Service would be a good place for you to develop a relationship. They do all kinds of makes and models. They have the latest diagnostic tools. They handle small trucks, big trucks. They handle small cars, big cars. But if you live in the North Scottsdale area, I just know you'll be happy with the service you receive at Air Park Auto. All right. Anything else in your world that's uh, anything interesting that happened last week or anything? And I'll tell you what I want to say. Carlo, hang on just a second. If you're a technician looking for a job, come and see us. Yeah. Because we're busy. And uh, because we're interested in hiring another technician, Uh we would prefer that you be ASE certified. We would prefer that you like to work Monday through Friday. We would prefer that you understand that uh, we have a 401k plan. And if you're not smart enough to take 50% return on your money annually, then you're really not smart enough to work for me. That's really what it boils down to, <laughs> and I, and and what and most of you know what a 401k is. Is if you put a dollar in, then the business or your employer put matches the funds. So mm-hmm. in our business, you put a dollar in, we give you fifty cents. And right now, most people are getting one and two pennies per dollar, three pennies per dollar annually. Yeah. And we're giving them 50% on their money. So that's important for us to help you. But if you're interested, then just get a hold of Andy at Salem Boys Auto, and we'll, uh, we'll interview you and talk to you. And I don't think you've hired anybody just yet, right? We've got uh, two positions open, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. All righty. And that again. So let's go to Carlo. Carlo, you're up. And how can we help you?
3: Hey Mark, I love your show, and Thank my you. wife made me call you today.
1: Okay, <laughs> I
3: had, I just got a brand new car, I picked it up last night, a 2017, and I was driving it. I got onto the um, 51 going north, and when I started going, it started like smoking a little and spraying water out of the exhaust pipe. It did it for about maybe five, ten miles. Every time I stepped on the gas, it would do it. It's a 2017 Volkswagen Bug Turbo. Is that anything that I should be concerned about? It went away by the time we got home, and I haven't driven the car this morning yet.
2: And in the absence of any other dash lights, no other gauges, nothing in the red, no red lights on in the dash, no yellow lights on in the dash, nothing going on. Nothing at all. Okay. It's entirely possible that that car has sat most of its life. It's been started and run for minutes at a time. That creates moisture in the exhaust. Carlo decided to buy this turbocharged VW. Him and his wife. wife. For your wife. Oh, sure, Carla. I was going to
1: say, sure, Carla. way to blame it on her. Yeah, yeah <laughs> She
2: doesn't even know what a turbo is. Yeah. She doesn't know that he bought a VW with a V8. Okay. Well,
1: yeah. She just wanted the bug, and then yeah. he said, well, if I'm going to drive it, might as well get a turbo, and yeah. then we're set. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: you know, we had rental cars back in the 85 and 90. We had a purple rental car with a turbo, which was the most popular rental car we had. Mm-hmm. And people loved that thing because it was... you know, a pretty healthy kind of little car, but so you Carlo gets in it, he gets the exhaust hot. There's moisture in the exhaust. The moisture then it turns to moisture. It's a vapor. It turns to a liquid and it comes out the tailpipe. There's nothing wrong with that. You're also going to find that when we have high humidity or very cold mornings, you're going to find tailpipe drip. But in the summertime, when we get into Uh, you know, next month, March, April, May, June, July, you're not going to see any more water. Now, I don't want you to drive that like you stole it. I want you to to be on the gas and off the gas, on the gas and off the gas, because on the gas rattles the motor, which is good, and off the gas oils up the motor and allows it to cool off a tad because the oil's spraying all over the place. On the throttle, off the throttle. You're not allowed, according to Mark's rules of new car, to use the cruise control for the first 1,000 miles. Okay. okay. That's, and, and, and then you need to take it out and really hot rod it with her in the seat next to you so she understands the power and, the, and how very fast that car is.
3: Yeah, I was very surprised, but I took one of them for a test drive. So okay,
1: all right. And, and what so it she, is your car. It, no. it is his car.
2: <laughs> We're teasing. Now, now, what did your what did your wife come from? And you put her in this VW rocket ship. What did she have before?
1: She, she was in a Scion XB.
2: Oh my Just, God.
1: Yeah. You and might that's have, like a little toaster, isn't it? It, it? is a
2: toaster.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, but from a toaster <laughs> to a bug.
2: <laughs> and, and the toaster had a four-cylinder motor that would hardly turn. It, it has a tough time running an electric toothbrush, <laughs> and now you put her in a turbocharged VW. Yeah, I know. Okay, can Carl.
3: I, can I ask you another quick question about another vehicle? Sure you can. I have a 2015 Dodge Ram, It's hmm. uh, and I noticed on the rear end housing, it looks like there's an oil stain on it and it almost looks like it's coming from the inspection thing when they check it Uh uh-huh um i've never noticed it before and i just noticed it now you think maybe when somebody checked it or when i took it in for the last oil change that could be just
2: all right nothing to worry about let me ask you a question on the inspection cover that you look at from the rear bumper and you're looking at the inspection cover is there a rubber plug or a bolt there
9: it looks like a rubber
2: plug, okay fair enough, fair enough, and yes you 're probably right there 's a little bit of seepage out of that rubber plug, and we take a screwdriver and we pop that rubber rubber plug, and we stick our finger in there, and we should be able to touch gear oil. And sometimes uh, we don't get it, uh, we sometimes get a little dirt in it, sometimes we don't take as good a care. So maybe you take it back to the shop that last did your oil change and said, I- I've got this little leak that I didn't have before. I don't know that you caused it, but I would like very much if you would perhaps maybe take that rubber plug off and clean it up real good and maybe put a slight film of silicone on it and then stick it back in that differential cover and then I can kind of measure your success. And if you have been a customer for any length of time i am quite sure that shop is going to jump to attention and take care of your that rubber plug for you if not just order a new one and stick it in there because that's what we do when we're supposed to do something like that okay no
3: i have no problem thank
2: you for your time enjoy you, your day thank you very much carlo 602 508 we'll be right
5: back
6: If you're over 50 and concerned about any of the following, stay tuned for an exclusive free bottle offer. Are you concerned about your heart health? Are you interested in healthy brain function? What about joint comfort and energy? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, we want to send you a free bottle of Krill Omega 50+, Plus now with CoQ10. Krill Omega 50+, Plus with CoQ10, combines krill oil with fish oil in one tiny pill. And this little pill delivers big health benefits to your heart your joints, your arteries, and brain. And with CoQ10, you'll enjoy extra energy, too. Best of all, you can get a free bottle of Krill Omega 50 Plus with CoQ10 today. Just pay for shipping. Call right now and request your free bottle. Dial 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. Again, call now. 1-800-679-5745.
7: It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust at Liberty. The three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for
2: this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot.
7: Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking understanding?
1: Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Confusion. Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion,
7: trouble trouble speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg.
1: Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes.
7: Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance.
1: Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere.
7: If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life. Someone you love, maybe even your own.
1: It's late until, wait, don't too.
7: Don't, don't wait, wait until, until it's, it's too late. late. Time lost is brain lost.
1: Find out more at powertoendstroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
2: All about that theme and all the move
1: Welcome
2: back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Let me tell you about S&S Tire. I'll tell you why S&S Tire is on our list of best car repair shops. They have three locations in the West Valley, Peoria, Sunrise, and Goodyear. They have a comprehensive line of tires, second to nobody in town on the retail market. They have different sizes, but in every size they have different brands of tires, so you can get good, better, best estimates from them. So I don't care if you have farm equipment, golf equipment, lawn and garden equipment, ATVs, trailers, commercial tires, or construction tires. They have a tire for whatever you got. I think they even have wheelbarrow tires. So at S&S, they'll balance your new tires, they'll do your alignments, they'll do suspension work. So if you're looking for new tires in the West Valley, I would suggest that you stop by one of the S&S tire locations, Peoria, Surprise, or Goodyear, and just simply ask them, would you look at my car and bid three sets of tires for me? And they will bid it out the door so there's no surprises. S&S tire and auto service. Uh, Roger, you're up next. How can I help you? Roger? Hello, Roger? Roger. Roger that. Roger that. Did we lose maybe, him? Maybe Anthony? Yes, go right ahead. Oh, hey. you know what? I'll take Anthony. Go ahead.
9: Okay, great. How are you doing, Mark, this Good. morning? All right, yeah. Still love your show and everything. I'll continue to listen to it, Thank you. Hey, a quick tip on cleaning a uh, massive uh, airflow sensor. Have any tips on that?
2: Um, boy, you have to be careful. Um you you understand that the, that little bitty wire that looks like a baby nose hair is right. the is the important part of that mass airflow sensor. Okay. And you have to you have to have seen a couple of them to know what fuzz looks like. And so when it looks kind of fuzzy like it's got a day old growth of beard on it, then that's what you're cleaning and you're gonna use a mass airflow sensor cleaner. You're going to remove the a- mass airflow sensor. You're going to unplug it. The key's off. You're going to take it over an old trash can. You're going to find that wire. You're ah. going to gently spray that wire once or twice from both ends. You're going you're to wipe out the inside. If the carburetor cleaner or the mass airflow sensor liquid doesn't vaporize, you'll wipe it out yourself. You'll set it down on a towel for about 15 minutes, and then you'll flip it over and set it on the same towel. Then you reinstall it in the car, start it up, and that's a clean map. Map set or mass airflow sensor. That's how you do it.
9: Beautiful. Uh, I have an idea, but I just wanted to hear from you to make yeah, sure. That's you how I we another, do it. Yeah, you know, I have another question. In the beginning of the show, there's this, this beautiful voice of a female thinking about her Chevrolet. Yes. I was wondering, is that your wife opening your show for you?
2: No. No. Um. Uh, I don't know who that is. Um, it wasn't Andy because Andy doesn't sing. And and my wife, um, she has a husky voice. And <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll slap you for I'm, her. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No.
2: Um. Uh. No. No. I don't know who that was. Was it a Chevrolet commercial or something?
9: Yeah, it's a female. It was oh, thing about her running around in a Chevrolet and all that.
2: Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't any. We we um we. Our family has been Chevrolet family until my wife bought that F car, and then my son bought mm. that Dodge, and then I bought a Dodge because I needed to outrun him, and on and on and on. But right. um, we're still a, a General Motors family, even though Andy drives a Camry. But she's really, we're, we're questioning her heritage. She may not belong to our family. No. <laughs> okay. All righty. Thank you very much, Anthony. Yeah, I'm uh, very good. Thank you. You betcha. <laughs> All righty. And uh, who we got now? Tony? Anthony. An- Okay, Anthony. How are you? What can we do for you? That was Anthony.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay, Okay. yeah, this
2: is this is Roger. Oh, Oh. Roger. (laughs) You know what? Gil, right. Gil's been drinking, and we told him to stop. He's the board operator. We told him to stop drinking on our show. <laughs> but he gave me Roger, Anthony, and Tony, and he hasn't given me the right name yet. I'm looking it's like okay. an idiot, and he's making me look like an idiot. I don't, ha- Gil, I don't have any need any help looking like an idiot.
10: <laughs> All righty,
2: Roger. It's your turn, buddy.
4: Okay. Well, I appreciate the show. You betcha. I inherited a 1977 Ford LTD full-size four-door okay and i'm looking for weather stripping for the door the windows uh-huh and i've been through every site on the internet and they don't list that car for some reason
2: okay um what you have to do first of all is uh you have to call a couple of body shops okay and ask them who they would get window molding for your 77 ltd Okay. and most of those guys know where to find it now you might have to get call the Ford dealership and get the Ford part number and then Google the Ford part number and you're looking for NOS stock, which is new, old stock. So there's a, there's going to be Ford dealer out there that's got window moldings for your 77 LTD that's going to have it listed under NOS. Yeah, new but, old.
4: Well, I, I called Sanderson and they kind of told me there's a out-of-date. Department. Yeah. They didn't seem like they were too interested. So.
2: Well, it, it's a matter of finding the part number. Once you get the part number, you're home free. Oh, okay. Now, there's also a rubber company, and I wish I could remember the name of it. Well, I but- tried that steel. And no.
4: several of the major ones on the Internet.
2: No, this but. is a wholesale rubber company that makes moldings and then they sell to the distributors that sell to the um, what we call the jobbers that sell to the installers. So this is you got to go way back up the chain. Okay. And, and there's a rubber company that makes all the moldings that the distri- go through those four different kinds of people. But the easiest thing for you to do is is call a couple of body shops. Now, I want you to also call Mike's Auto Tech up on 67th Avenue in Northern because Mike does renovations and restorations. And I'm quite sure... If you ask him for guidance and say, Mark Salem said you're a no-good son of a gun, but in spite of that, I'm still going to call you, (laughs) then ask Mike if he can guide you to find door window or window moldings for your 77 LTD. I think Mike can help you.
4: Yeah, because it's been in storage since '95 and it's only got
9: 64,000 miles. Mm.
2: No, you'll, you'll be fine. Put it back. Now, don't spend a bunch of money on that up front. Let's get it on the road. Let's get it to... Now, hear me carefully. Start, stop... And be dependable. Uh-huh. So, those are important. So, once you get it to start and stop and be dependable and start every three days, every week, whatever, then you can start doing it. Because I'm going to tell you something. I can't tell you how many people have brought their cars to me and they said, I want you to start restoration. We had a Buick in the other day. What was that, an 89 or 79 Buick Riviera, 80-something Buick
1: Riviera? Yeah, I think, yeah.
2: It had tremendous sentimental value. It belonged to the guy's dad. Um, We brought it in, and when we took the thermostat open, the entire block assembly was filled with rust. When I say rust, I'm not talking about powdered rust. I'm talking about solid rust. Oh, my God. So we said to him, we can't get it dependable. We can get it. Actually, i tell you something. That car hadn't started in 30 years. We got it running. Yeah. We got it running. So we said, we got it running, but stopping it's a different thing. And then how far you're going to drive with no cooling system is obvious, too. Right. So in that case, I think he bailed on the car. But in your case. Let's get it to stop, start, and be dependable. Let's not do anything at all until we have 1,000 miles on that car, and then you can analyze what the heck you want to do with it. Because if it's a smoker or the transmission's wiped out of it or if the differential's wiped out of it, that changes things. Oh, sure. Okay? Right on. All right. Good luck, Roger. And we're going to put down window molding for Roger. Now, Gil, this is your last chance. Who's next?
1: we got to take a break. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like four minutes ago. <laughs> so you're
2: siding with Phil now, or uh, uh, Gil. Uh, Gil. Okay. Yes. Watch See, what He I...
1: can't get the names right either, Gil. Watch, watch this, okay?
2: What did you say? She's I gone. Can still, talk. <laughs> <back>. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Make plans now for a -a once-in-a-lifetime adventure to the Holy Land. The Stand with Israel Tour is happening this fall. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you timely insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future in the context of Jerusalem's 50-year anniversary. Experience the Western Wall, modern Tel Aviv, the Dead Sea, and much more, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. For trip details, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com.
7: Where will you be when the dust settles?
0: How do you feel, sir?
7: Dust storms are a year-round threat in Arizona. If you get caught in a dust storm, pull completely off the roadway. Turn your lights off, set your parking brake, keep your seatbelt on, and wait it out. It won't be long. Where will you be when the dust settles? That's up to you. Do the smart thing. Do the safe thing. Pull aside. Stay alive. Visit az511.gov for road conditions before leaving your house. Sponsored by ADOT in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. A message from DAV to all returning veterans. Thank you. Thank you for doing your duty. Thank you for doing our bidding. Thank you for laying it all on the line. Thank you for stepping up and not backing down. Thank you for putting your future on hold to put our enemies on notice. Thank you for putting your buddies' lives ahead of your own. Thank you for putting yourself in harm's way. Thank you for defending our freedom, for displaying your honor, for being a hero, even though you don't want to be called one. For all this and more, DAV thanks you, and we're here to help you. Expert DAV advisors will make sure you get the health, disability, and financial benefits you were promised and earned. If you're a veteran, visit DAV.org for free help. And again, thank you.
8: This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. The bitter divisions in American life currently stem from politics as much as from differences in race, religion or economic status. Even tightly connected subgroups endure internal conflicts over President Trump and his policies. Jewish Americans, for instance, represent less than two percent of the national population. But that community includes some of Trump's harshest critics, as well as members of his staff and family and some of his strongest supporters. Any serious effort to unify the country must proceed one group at a time. And a good place to start would be rejection of absurd charges that the president himself is any sort of Jew hater. As Israel's visiting prime minister accurately observed, Mr. Trump has a long, unmistakable history of support for the Jewish people. Even if he fumbles questions on anti-Semitism at press conferences, his actions speak louder than any clumsy words and deserve acknowledgement from all friends of Israel. I'm Michael Midvey.
0: This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everybody. 46 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Since 1970, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing has been doing work in Mesa. They're on their third generation. I've known the first two generations, and now Brian and Vivian are running it. Brian and Thelma. Thelma. I'm sorry. Vivian was actually her maiden name, and they're Thompson's, or it's Brian Vivian. No.
1: Yeah, it's Brian and
2: Thelma. I'm Tom's, Vivian at Thompson's Auto yes. because I work for Ken.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
2: anyway, I'll I'll get this squared. Brian and Thelma, you only have to meet them in order to understand why I like them so well. They are honest people. They're the kind of people that you would hope would be your neighbors. They're so kind. They're so they're so smart. They're so good business people. It's it's truly amazing. And they're the only shop in Mesa that has my name next to it. So if you live anywhere near Stapley in Maine. They're just east of Stapley on the south side of the main, and it's called Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing, and they've been around since 1970. Stop by if you don't have a shop, and if you do have a shop, stop by for an oil change and just compare your shop with their shop. Let's go to the phones, and let's talk to Tony. Tony, you're up next. How can I help you?
9: Hey, thank you, Mark. Uh, I'd like to talk about engine oil and uh, filter change and stuff like that, but first, I really want to thank you for the you know, the starting of the show and, uh, you gave a very emotional eulogy and sharing your thoughts about Dr. Wright, whom I've never met. But by everything that you stated, I mean, you know, this is a man who's obviously uh, more of a role model, you know, than, you know, really most of the people who are in politics today, you know, as far as and, doing things for people. And okay? me too.
2: And, and, and not only, he, he leaves a legacy of people. That are are amazing people. So he, he did a good job, and I only hope that none of my kids end up in jail, <laughs> and they continue some some semblance of legacy. Even though I may not be the perfect specimen, they can improve slightly on uh, my history.
9: But anyway, uh, Mark Mark you're you. heck of a good guy. Yeah, right? I mean, there's bar, bar none. You know, you're an Arizona boy just like myself, and a lot of people like here to, you know, just uh, tell it like it is, straight up. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you for that.
9: Okay. Uh, now, as far as engine oil goes, you know, okay. when you have a vehicle that's, you know, comes in with dirty engine oil and stuff like that, and you're going to do the 3,000-mile change, let's say it's got, you know, maybe close to 100,000 miles in it, uh, would it be a good idea, to you know, when you change oil, you know, be it whatever it is, whatever grade... Uh, you're going to put fresh oil in, obviously. You're going to pre- you're going to put a uh, fresh filter on that. Mm-hmm. But there's always this little residual stuff sometimes in the bottom of the oil pan. Uh, would it be a good idea to have, after maybe sixty to maybe a hundred miles, pull that filter off, put a brand new filter on, you know, replace that, you know, loss of oil, you know, up to a quart, whatever, mm-hmm. and then you know, then go for the three thousand, just to just to help clear that residual stuff out of there and start, you know, with a fresh batch of oil.
2: Okay. Um, I have two comments. M- number one, even if the car has 5,000 miles on it, we're still going to have that silt at the bottom of the oil pan. So that's, and then you said 100,000 miles, and by that time, that silt is is like a skating ring. It's hard. We're not going to get that out. There's no way we're ever going to get that out. Now because it's heavier than oil, because it's bonded to the bottom of the pan, because it's found a whole bunch of buddies all around it, there's no harm. None of that's going to go through the filter. None of that is going to be pumped through the filter, from the pump, through the filter, and then go to the cam and the crank and the rod bearings. So we don't have to be afraid of that. To answer your question, if you really wanted to do the very best job you could, you'd hop on your car and drive 10 miles on the freeway, and then you'd drive it home and you'd drive the right front tire up on a ramp so we're tilting it towards the drain plug side. You'd crawl underneath there, loosen up the drain plug and let her rip. However, I'm betting that nine out of ten times you're going to end up with blistering burns. Yeah. And I'm you're going to regret it and then when you dump the oil you're not going to see any difference between that and a normal oil change procedure. As far as the oil is concerned i know guys who own oil labs who tell me that they haven't seen a plugged oil filter in 10 years and people are now the new thing is is we're going to have a new oil filter that's a great oil filter and it's something that's going to last forever and uh, you're going to do this and you're going to do that i buy for my customers i buy name brand oil filters but i am buying them by the truckload i'm getting a really good deal on them and i've never had any customer and 37 years that I even felt like that we were responsible for the engine failure, other than those that I knew we were responsible for the engine failure. Not too long ago, a lady and a gentleman brought their car in. We put the wrong filter on it. She made it a mile away, smoked the motor. It wasn't her fault. It was our fault, and that had nothing to do with the filter other than the fact that we put the wrong filter on it. Two Toyotas in the bay. The parts guy walks out. He gives the wrong Toyota filter to the wrong Toyota. Just a simple mistake that cost us, what, 3000 bucks. Yeah. So so the answer to your question is, is once that metal uh, shavings... And once the small pits of carbon fall to the bottom of the oil, and remember, they sit there overnight. So the oil's hot when it's parked. It's cold when it's started. They stay there. When we pull oil pans off, we oftentimes will scrape off an eighth of an inch of sludge off the bottom of the oil pan. And you're just not going to get that out of there unless you put four or five quarts of gasoline in that motor, run it for a little bit, a minute at a time, shake the car like a giant hand, Then you might get it out, but that would be a tremendous waste of time, and there is no benefit to you doing that. So just use good oil, um, change your oil based on the interval of the oil, what kind you have, and and don't worry about that stuff in the bottom of the pan because, frankly, I've never seen that affect anything bad. Okay? Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much for that question. It was a good one. Chuck, you're up next. How can I help you?
3: Hi, thank
4: you. Um, Question is, uh, my wife has a Lexus RX 300 with
9: 166,000 miles. What should I do with transmission fluid?
2: I think that's sealed, but I could be wrong. Um, I think you should look in your owner's manual, and your owner's manual is going to call for an interval, and it will typically give you a mileage slash uh, monthly interval if it says transmission sealed, how many miles have you got? 156? 166. 166? There's yeah. a good chance that you had a stopping point somewhere around a hundred thousand miles. It could be 200, but I'm betting it was 100. If the transmission's sealed, we can still change the fluid and you should have that done. If it's a conventional transmission, it probably had a hundred thousand mile stop and we should have done the filter and the fluid your decision is, is do I do the filter and all of the fluid or do I, the, do I do the filter and three of the 10 quarts of fluid? Because there's two different things. There's a transmission filter and service which is 3 quarts plus the filter. We don't get all of it because we're just dropping the pan and whatever's in the pan we're going to change. Or do we hook up our flush machine and change all of the fluid? So what you have is a filter, and a flush and that typically is about three to four hundred dollars. That's typically the hundred thousand mile service that I tell my customer is best suited for their cars. So I don't want to do three quarts in the filter and then bring you back 20,000 miles later and flush the fluid. I think that's a waste of time and that's a a waste of oil. So let me just do both of them at the same time. Pull the pan, change the filter. Hook up the flush machine, flush all the old out, put the new in, send you on your way, and we're done.
1: Have you ever serviced it in the past? I'm trying to remember. I might have done it around eighty thousand, but yeah.
4: I, I,
3: I'm not sure. So, and well, the reason I was asking is somebody I,
4: I read somewhere that there's a, not to have it back flushed or something because it might loosen sludge somewhere, and that that's what I was. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to cause a problem
8: when it's
2: working okay. okay. All right. What that does, what, what, that's a wives' tale from the 60s and the 70s, and this is what happened. You take your transmi- your car in for a transmission problem, and the owner's manual said to service the transmission at 30000 Well, it's fifty, So the transmission shop would say, I'm not touching your transmission because the next guy that puts new fluid in this, the transmission's going to go to heaven, transmission's heaven, and you're going to blame me for it. So new fluid will break loose all the sludge, and it will... Put, uh, plug up all the orifices in the uh, in the uh, uh, shift body in the valve body and you're going to blame me for that that was true in the 60s and in the 70s it's not true today and it hasn't been true in this century so okay. if you did it at 80 and you're at 156 or 166 you're due again so just have okay. whatever you did at 80 have it done again you'll be home free
10: okay. All, all right.
1: right, thank you so much
2: you bet Chuck thank you Jim you're up next how can I help you
10: uh, thanks very much. Um, a question on, uh, I just had a brake job done, and uh, I was going to have them do a brake flush. Incidentally, this is on an 02 Chevy Cavalier, so it's an older car, 80,000 miles on it. Okay. Um, one of the rear wheel cylinders, Is I went ahead and told them to ignore that. I only drive the car about 3,000 miles a year, so I don't, uh, you know, I'm not putting a lot of miles on it. Um, but I'm curious now, would it be wise for me to do a brake system flush in light of the fact that it's got 8,000 on it and that uh, dampness on that one wheel cylinder?
2: Okay. Dampness on the wheel cylinder is not enough. My technicians are not allowed to talk about dampness of the wheel cylinder. You see, we want fluid to go past the piston to lubricate the piston. So some of that's going to end up in the boot. Here's when I want to change it. When I take the boot and open it up and I get five, six, seven drops of brake fluid out of there, then the wheel cylinder's bad. But I want to tell you something. I had a technician one time that that wanted to sell wheel cylinders on everything because he called the boots damp. All right, So I said to him, you know what, Chuck, let's do this. Let's go ahead and put a brand new set of wheel cylinders on your car, and then we're going to check them a year later. And sure enough, a year later, they were damp. And I looked him in the eye and I said, don't you ever sell another wheel cylinder because they're damp. So that's my personal opinion. If they're not leaking external, if we don't have fluid running down the backing plate, if we don't have fluid on the shoes, there is no reason for you to change that wheel cylinder. So I applaud you for having your brake fluid flushed, or go ahead and finish that. But as far as that wheel cylinder is concerned, as long as it ain't dripping out of that boot, it ain't bad in Mark Salem's world.
10: So what you're saying is that if I do a flush now, I'm not going to endanger
2: cause a problem. No, not at all. All No, I would say the odds of that are 1 in 1,000. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Kurtz Auto Repair. Kurtz is proud to be an independent, family-owned, and operated auto repair facility. He was just recognized as one of this year's Better Business Bureau Ethics Award winner, and that says a lot. Since they opened in 1987, Kurtz Auto Repair has been working on domestic, import, gas, diesel, All of those kinds of cars. He has ASC certified master technicians, and his service manager and his lead tech are both masters. He's at I-17 and Bell in the northeast corner. Trust me when I tell you, Kurtz is an honest and dependable guy. So if you live in that neighborhood, perhaps stop by and talk to Kurt. You'll find out like I did. He's a good guy. Mark at MarkSalem.com is my email. See you then.